Juno Afternoon. It's September 22nd. I'm Andy Klein. I'm your host for today. And coming up, it's all things Auk Rock. We're going to have a great visit and a rundown and a chance to listen to some of the historic Auk Rock Festival that's happening right now. It kicked off last night. We're going to have uh, H3 and Defy in the studio with us. And we're going to be talking to them about their music and also be previewing a lot of stuff from Auk Rock. It's going to be a great day. But first, we're going to hear from the Juno uh, Human Rights Commission holding an event called Creating Greater Gender Inclusion in the Juno Community. We're going to find out more about that. It's all ahead. And I hope you'll stay with us. Support for Juno Afternoon comes from Heritage Coffee Roasting Company, providing Juno with locally roasted coffee for over 40 years with cafes and drive through locations throughout Juneau. More at heritagecoffee.com. KTO would like to acknowledge that we broadcast from the homelands of the Akhwan. The clean AD have stewarded this area for thousands of years. Today, our studios sit on a spot once part of the Tidelands, now covered over with buildings, roads, and parking lots. We recognize those families who travel to and from these Tidelands to fishing and hunting grounds and to gatherings in other villages and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life for today and for future generations. Hansen Gress, Ka eat with the shoe ye, where Kashuk are ye tin. Jin cut ka kay jin talk, and a kaya ha on a kuk, gunish
that's Knives Yatsin, who was part of the Ock Rock Festival. That's with Portugal, the man, of course, Alaska's own. Very cool stuff. And this is Juno Afternoon from your community-supported public media station, KTOO. I'm Andy Klein. And coming up right now, we've got Aiden Key here with us. And Aiden Key is uh, going to be doing a, a bit of a talk, guest, guest to speaking for the Juno Human Rights Commission, a talk called Creating Greater Gender Inclusion in the Juno Community. Aiden Key, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, it's awesome to be here. Great to have you here. I appreciate it. And um, tell me a little bit about this kind of world uh, that you're you're saying that, you, you know, you, we were just talking a little bit. You wrote a book. This topic is something that is absolutely in the headlines every single day right now. And uh, tell me a little bit about your background, about why you decided to this this area of uh, study. Yeah. Well, the book is called Trans Children in Today's Schools. And I basically put onto the page uh, 15 years worth work worth of educational work in K-12 schools, including the Juneau School District. Um, school districts all over the country and in, in uh, rural parts of the country and urban parts, um, politically conservative, politically liberal. Uh, and my, my desire was to help demystify some of the questions or many of the questions that show up uh, because people have a right to ask those questions, um, and they have very little resources to help them answer those questions. So at the very least, I wanted to say, well, stepping in with schools and, and speaking with them about how to create the inclusive environments for their kids in their communities, um, here's what happens. In here's the 15 years, you were kind of looking at this and working on this issue, common themes Oh, come common up, themes, it seems yeah. like. You know I mean? Uh, well, I guess I would say the that the, there's very consistent questions that show up. Oh, these kids are so young. How can they know who they are? How can they make this big decision? Um, what if they change their mind? What if it's a phase? Is this some particular liberal woke agenda? Um, things like that. Are they being influenced by peers and or social media? And I think those are questions that are worth addressing rather than just tossing them out and letting them sit there. Um, uh, I'd be foolish to say a teenager cannot be influenced by their peers. So if they are being influenced by, um, you know, more gender expansive discussions, what does that mean? What is it? How does it play out for them? Yeah. And in your talk, creating greater gender inclusion, tell me about what, what you're getting at there, that idea about gender inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might be hard for the average person to imagine, but when you don't fit in the box, um, it's it's hard for those in the box to see those who are excluded. And if we pay attention to any particular moment in our life throughout our days and our, our weeks and years, um, we're checking the box M or F quite a bit for various things. Some of those reasons are very good and legitimate. Healthcare might be one to uh, equip your provider with taking care of your body. Um, other ones, why am I checking a box here? Oh, marketing purposes. Um, so thinking about the systems that we have in place where we use gender division to help in various ways. Um, and how does that impact somebody that doesn't fit neatly into those 
two categories or who might be a transgender person. A lot of the young people are embracing terms like non-binary or gender expansive to describe themselves. So how about those folks? Um, and uh, I have found that there's, while, let me, th let me think about this. While people bring up issues that, um, that inspire um, conflict, like faith differences or political differences. I think one of the things that's most directly on the table is actually a generational difference, where the younger generations are not as intimidated, um, they're not conflicted, nor do they have a lot of the baggage that we of older generations might have. Um, they're not conflating it with sexuality. Um, they're not, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just even that alone is pretty significant. I mean, the whole, the whole concept that historically, you know, that it's, it's deviant behavior. It's exactly. some sort of strange to be, you know, you know, not discussed, uh, to be discouraged behavior. I think you're, it seems so true that the, the younger generation, as you say, doesn't make those divisions. It may not be their thing. They may not understand, but, or whatever may be those things, but they're not associating these negative connotations with it necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, I can look back uh, throughout my life and see all of the, not even all I've seen, I can, but I can recall many situations where uh, a transgender or transgender person or uh, one that's implied to be gender diverse in some way is portrayed with some sort of um, danger, deviancy, like you mentioned. Or, or ridiculed. Ridiculed, or... absolutely a source of comedic uh, relief, whatever. Um, but all very disparaging in general. Uh, younger generations are having trans characters in their shows, and they're just a character, just a kid trying to make their way through life like anyone else. And that's one of the biggest uh, differences. So it's interesting <laughs> because part of what you're saying is, in a way, because... Um, because that's something that's become a little more visible, a little more accepted among a younger generation, there's a pushback and a bit of a backlash happening. And you're seeing that as a generational backlash. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would say that's when it gets down to it. There's, there's the generational aspect where the adults are feeling the conflict, feeling the distress. Um, they're adding way more layers than, than should be added. The younger generations are not, they don't recognize the struggles that the older generations are experiencing. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely a factor. And I think the other primary factor uh, is that, that notion that being transgender is some type of sexuality. And it might be a head scratcher to people. I don't really know what type of sexuality that is, and I sure don't want to know. And it definitely should not be talked about in our kindergarten classrooms. The reality is those discussions about sexuality are not happening in, in the uh, elementary schools. What, they're, what we're all talking about when we talk about gender in classrooms is, you know, what, what toys do you get to play with? What's your favorite color? Um, where, where, where are your interests? Who are your friends? Do they, if you're a boy, do all your friends have to be boys? Well, no, they don't. Um, and we, those are not new conversations. Those are conversations that I had when I was young. My parents' generation had when they were 
throughout their lives. They're regular, ongoing conversations, and the needle moves all the time. What do you What do you think are some of the sort of stickiest things? Some of the the most difficult things for people to get past. I mean, I guess I think in terms of sports, uh, that's a seems like that's such a big one, right? You get into sports. Oh, is it fair? And those kinds of discussions. How do you How do you how do you work with people to sort of resolve, work with districts, work with schools to resolve those issues? Yeah. Well, if you'd asked me a handful of years ago, sports wouldn't have been at the top of the list. It was bathrooms, 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 uh, including legislative efforts that um, many referred to as bathroom bills that went through um, many state legislatures. Um, today, we're seeing questions about sports participation. It's a big question, and there are some uh, definite ways to talk about it. And so thinking, th this is the work that I do in schools all of the time, is talking to educators about the gender divisions that we have set up, and for good reason, like athletic competition and athletic engagement, and saying we have girls' sports for a reason. We have boys' sports um, to help uh, increase the access um, to level the playing field to a degree, and to what what are the goals for engaging in sports? Uh, part of it is competition. Um, part of it is just participation, joy, fun, team activities. Thinking about that, uh, learning how to win games, but also learning how to lose them. Uh, and those are all valuable lessons that we want to share with with. Um, you know, any, any student. So what about the, the question of, of fairness? Um, the discussion is not ever with respect to trans boys. So those who start out as female, but then identify as boys, we're not concerned with their participation on boys' teams because the absolute presumption is that they're not going to win. They're going to get their butts kicked. And, you know, is that safe for them might be a question that comes up. Um, but the question is more centered on trans girls participating on girls' teams with the belief that they will take away opportunities from other girls, that there's no way that girls can beat those trans girl competitors. And the stats don't, don't play that out. So I've had 15 years of, of working with Washington State. Uh, Washington Interscholastic Activities Association. They were the first state to, to actually draft a gender-inclusive policy for K-12 schools. And we sat at a round table. There was a good 15 of us, I think, sitting around the table saying, how do we do this? The International uh, Olympic Committee's policies are not going to apply. <clears throat> That's for adults. And some of them are considering things like hormones and surgery and things like that. <clears throat> so how do we do this? And we sat down and we said, let's start. Let's keep it simple. And essentially, let's see how it goes. So that, that engagement has been really fascinating. 15 years in, one student's eligibility was challenged by an external school. And, and what that brought up, they determined she was eligible. Uh, I'll never forget it because as she was sitting there defending her right to play, she says, well, you know, I do pretty well on the girls track team. I'm ranked about 37th. 
in state. And I just thought, well, she's not in the top five, not in the top 10. Um, and she feels like she's doing really well at ranked 37. The other piece that has been showing up is um, what are the numbers like? The fear that, I don't know what. That there's there's a, a wave of transgender athletes that well, are going to show it, up. It, always, I mean, not to not to put my opinion into this too much, put but it, it always is interesting to me the idea that somehow this is a, a vast conspiracy by boys who aren't really transgender but just want to do really well on women's teams. That just doesn't make any sense. Sit down with a group of teenage boys and say, would you even remotely consider this? Right. It just doesn't. Um, it's never made any sense to me that that's no some, and know. and the. Even if we entertain the question, which I think it's reasonable to entertain any question, and let's say that's going to happen, there's, there's ways to actually address that pretty quickly. Because uh, somebody who's saying they're transgender for the sake of some advantage isn't going to maintain that uh, farce for very long, because the price tag of doing so will not at all outweigh the, the the gain, the supposed gain from participating on a girl's yeah. team. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I think that's an important piece. Just and not very here's logical, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's the other thing, the presumption that anybody that was born male is somehow going to beat any and everyone who was born female. I'm sorry, the reality doesn't play that out. Um, so, so again, I think we can recognize this uh, you know, again, I have I have good experience there in Washington State working with those folks. Um, they talk, they've said we have about 80 transgender athletes in the state that we know of. I said, well, how many how many student athletes altogether? Oh, about 200,000. OK, well, half of those might be trans girls just to ballpark. We're talking less than a half of a percent of the students. and. Uh, how are those even even if we if we think they're going to um, uh, prevail and be um, really elite athletes? The statistics are not supporting that. They look at their their times if they're in track. They look at their uh, number of points, assists, rebounds if they're in basketball. They look at that and they're like, mm, yeah. kind of yeah. right there with their peers. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned it's interesting that you said that uh, boy five years ago that wouldn't have even been a big thing, you know. Um, uh, what what are some of the other ones that have kind of changed over the years? You, you know, bathrooms seem to. Be, you're right. I remember that now. I don't really remember hearing that recently as a big thing. It almost yeah. seems like it's uh, you know not to be overly cynical about people's views, but it just seems like it's almost a. Uh, little bit of uh, trying to find what's going to be the most upsetting thing to people and then push that out as an agenda item. Uh, it's just Oh, kind and of- <laughs> what would be the purpose of that except to motivate a voter base? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, uh, and I, I- It conflates with the political climate we're in, right? It I mean, that really, really is. Does. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder, as we move towards uh, a significant election in 2024 uh, and move past that, are we going to see the same frenzy around this or not? I suspect not. And what I have seen, again, uh, boots on the ground in my, in my work, many of these questions come up. Uh, and there's a lot of emotion that comes with it. And uh, if a, you know, a, a, a fist comes down on a table, well, then there's some feeling there. Let's go ahead 
and examine those questions. I think putting things on the table is more important than than avoiding them or just saying it's not going to happen. And actually, <clears throat> one of the I, I had an opportunity to work with the Juno District coaches, and we had a really interesting conversation. Uh, and being able to put things on the table, knowing that the coaches come from a uh, uh, they are a wide array of experiences. I don't know all of their relationship to uh, differing faith values, differing political leanings, you know, so forth. But what I do know is that they care about their kids. And we got to a place in our conversation where we could put all of these things on the table and talk about it. And one of the things that was most pivotal for them is we can move forward with the notion of being as inclusive as we possibly can, and we can keep our eyes open and address any uh, potential fears or concerns that we have, we can address those. We can give ourselves permission to move forward and see. And I thought that was really fantastic. I get to see that over and over in my work world. And that's a first step. So after the first step, the confidence builds, the folks, um, the folks at, in the Washington Athletic Organization, they're amazing, but they've had 15 years to get there. Their confidence in the, their ability to answer questions that their coaches and athletic directors have is, is just spot on. Uh, and their, their passion for inclusion, their passion for engagement by as many kids as possible is their motivating uh, driving force? Yeah, it's really it's fascinating to talk to you, someone who's, you know, working as you say, you know, sort of feet on the ground and in the in the actual environment, trying to really solve some of these issues about something that is a, you know, highly emotional political issue that gets swirled around a lot. Well, more discussion about this uh, is happening Thursday night. It's uh, happening coming up this September twenty eighth, Thursday night, from six thirty to eight thirty. At the downtown library, again, the um, the uh, Juno Human Rights Commission is holding a a, uh, a special talk with uh, guest speaker Aiden Key, who we've been talking to, and um, uh, talking all about uh, gender diversity, creating greater gender inclusion in the Juno community. Aiden, thanks so much for coming in and just yeah. giving us a little bit of a kind of top view yeah. primer on this. Some of your uh, observations and experience on on this issue that just seems to be back in the news. Once again, yeah, it kind of bubbles yeah. back up. Well, the fact that it's in the news <laughs> means we get to talk about it. And I love that. I believe there's a way to participate uh, virtually if, if people can't make it to the downtown library. Uh, I, th I imagine you can find that on the city's website, uh, finding your way that way. Um, Just so, to, yeah, Juno, Juno Human Rights Commission on the uh, on the CBJ website right, is the way to is the right. place to go. Yep. So looking forward to a robust conversation. Great. Thanks, Aiden. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us about this. It's been fascinating. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Don't
Seeping through your skin, you don't wanna touch it off. Ruffling the feathers, or running with the buffaloes. Auntie always had something cooking in the oven rolls. Smoke mutton, no butter with the muffin rolls. No budget on the come up for a couple notes. Hustle on the low, a hundred racks and a luggage tow. We raise kids through the trials and the bumpy roads. We still here with a smile through the struggles though. Cuba so, Cuba is my home, Pablo grown. I'm the flash of lightning, so bright is blinding. Conniving, perfect timing, salsa striking. My style is enticing, slicing while I'm rhyming, thriving while I'm climbing. Yeah, never been no veteran. Dice you up like venison. Music is my everything. Hip hop is my medicine. Always will be reverent, forever in my element. Always stay developing, pay my dues and never quit. Cotton cold, fingers on the faders, give the sun a glow. Serenade the mind with a synergy to summon souls. Barricade the rhyme in a symphony of subtle tones. Elevate the wings for infinity on love alone. Come and go as the sand and the sea divided. Band full of freedom riders. Stand firm and reunited. Hands turn the needle guided deep in the vinyl veins. Awakening the auditory giant on his final. Playing. Styles too weak to beatbox with guitar. Y'all gon' see the redux LR rock. Hop to the rhythm like bebop. We all bop. Sick of the smallpox, the vigor of raw vox. Serenade the sector off top. It's so pop. My vision board is caliber swords. A mind fuck. Stepping at your own risk. Bullying your endorphin. Stop at the sands of the grand when we swarm in. Styles far from similar. Chief rocker familiar. Headshots and scouts. Tomahawk barbarian. Barrying ops without scratching off the cereal. Ock. A walking beauty. Truly desert roads. Kicking these well, you're listening to Juno Afternoon from Studio 2K at KTOO. I'm your host, Andy Klein, and the Ock Rock Fest, the amazing Ock Rock, the historic Ock Rock Fest is actually underway. It has happened. It got kicked off last night. Amazing stuff happening. Hallucination was one of the lead bands happening last night. Saw some footage on it. I didn't go. I was a fool. Boston, you went. I did. It was, I said it was amazing. We got a studio full of musicians and organizers of Ock Rock right now it's really an exciting time so welcome to h3 how are you guys doing aloha oh, as we said h2 just a couple of you in the in the studio right now but there's h3 and then defy from uh, albuquerque new mexico thanks for coming up man and we're hearing we're hearing your track in the background here this is from your latest release i'll just start with you defy and just tell me a little bit about you've got this latest release out right this just came out back in february is that right or actually this came out this year this oh okay is, uh, from my latest album titled Blue Hour. Just last month, actually, he dropped. All right. That and track was kind of a collaboration track, it sounds like, right? Gathering of MCs, name of that one. Yeah, Gathering of MCs is actually an annual event, but it also sparked an inspiration to want to build more with a lot of MCs, not only from where I'm from, but across Turtle Island. So it's a cypher series that sparked from that event. Tell me a little yeah. bit about your background on, on not just... Uh, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, representing um, um, representing the, the your uh, tribal nation, which is which is which tribal nation that you kind of are from represent. Oh, yeah, Christopher Mike Bitsa, aka Defy. 
And I just introduced myself from the Dene Nation. We're federally recognized, though, as the Navajo. A lot of people say Navajo, but some of us actually uh, call ourselves Dene, which basically translates to five-fingered being. So it actually extends uh, across very far lands. Actually, I think this might even be nearby some of our ancestral original homelands from the other, our cousin tribes and sisters. So I'm just honored to be out here from the Southwest connecting to with our Northwestern relatives. It's really it's cool. And we love that. Also the Polynesian con contribution and connection happening with H3 as well. It's really cool. But just, just to stick with what you were just saying there, Defy. Um, so um, tell me a little bit about your development. Did you come to hip hop first and then bring in your um, your heritage or or was it together or, you know, did one happen first and you realized that you could bring in another element? Tell me about that part of your development. I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, I, was, I wasn't raised primarily in a traditional household, but my Che, my late grandfather, Eddie Mike, instilled a lot of cultural, traditional values in, into my life at a very young age. And I was singing a little bit of those songs. <clears throat> I get emotional talking about it. But uh, looking back, I was definitely given a chance and opportunity to choose. My mother gave me a choice. She's, she either you know, allowed me to become a, a part of a drum circle or she let me go be, um, become a part of a hip hop crew. And so I just fused both eventually, combining both rhythm, poetry, create rap. I love hip hop from the cultural standpoint too. I love the dance part. I love the DJs. I love seeing style writers. Just the whole um, culture as a unified whole is an amazing um, culture to be a part of today. So, but I also definitely carry my, my, tr my cultural heritage and traditional values with it too. Yeah. You can kind of hear it in the bars too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I want to also make sure I introduce you or have you introduce yourself as well. I know you're kind of with the Defy, but you also danced last night as part of the hallucination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my artist's name is uh, Creation, uh, but uh, I know Defy through actually going back to gathering uh, MCs, but also um, uh, Sacred Cipher, which was an event uh, ran by Chief uh, F XFRX, uh, and that's how we're connected. So since I was here, part of the festival with hallucination and my, my, brother, my brother was on the bill. It just made sense to, you know, let's let's rock the show together. You know, I guess it is so cool. All this stuff is happening right now. It's amazing, right? I mean, it's just the best thing ever that all these different um, tribal traditions, native traditions, and then all these different types of music coming together. You know, it just seems like it's, does it seem that way? Like this is a moment? It feels like it's a moment when these things are really started to come to the fore and, um it just doesn't, you know, I don't remember this happening 10 years ago, say, like, it feels like right now it's really happening. Mm -hmm. well, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I'm not from this this area, but uh, I come from Good Fish Lake uh, Treaty 6 in Canada. But uh, definitely the energy from here and just everybody that's on the bill, the the, the collaboration of music and the, the sharing of stories and culture. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I feel it feels it definitely feels that way. Do you feel like, and, and H2 will talk to you in a second here as well, but I just wanted to get kind of talk a little bit more because it's so interesting to come from the Diné Nation and like to bring in the Southwest part, now the Canadian part as well. Um, and do you, were, were there people that you saw as inspiration that you took contemporary inspiration from, or is it more like you're just listening to like great hip hop artists, great, great other artists, and then bringing in your kind of traditional message and values and, and 
and uh, and lyrics and those kinds of things. Yeah, for me, I I I grew I grew up with like both cultures though too. Like for me, um, I'm actually Cree First Nations and Vietnamese, so that's where I get my my handle from is Cree Asian. And for me, I've always my big influence was like powwow, like powwow culture. My my late mom. Uh, she would take me to round dances, to ceremony. And then when I learned about hip hop as a young kid, though, too, I caught the bug. I needed to learn more. Like I got I, I got into it by through breaking, through dancing. And then that led me to to collecting records, then DJing and producing and even uh, visual art, though, too. And then there was something about it. The more I learned about hip hop culture and connecting with Def Defy and through uh, XFRX was that uh, it was the important for us was to contribute towards, you know, the culture as well, like especially hip hop. And the more we learned about it, it really connected us back to our traditional roots because all the elements are very parallel to within hip hop culture. Tell me about that. And indigenous culture. Correct. You kind of represent well, kind of the hip hop thing, you know, talking about real life, what's happening in your life yeah. at that moment, working yeah. through like emotional issues, those kinds I, of things. I, I couldn't have said it any better, but yeah. creation is on to something really, I think that a, a lot of us indigenous artists have seen too. And uh, before, and it's been said before too, um, through even hip hop pioneers that like, I think Grandmaster Kaz had a quote, it said that hip hop didn't, invent anything but it reinvented everything so if keeping that in mind i think there allows some space before uh even colonialism there was actually like he was saying a lot of art forms being practiced dances before the dj for instance there was a drummer before the b-boys b-girls we were there was dancers before there were style writers people painting with spray cans and aerosol um, arts there were people creating hieroglyphs people creating petroglyphs things like that mm. and even looking at storytelling like my man said like we could even be thought of today just to be sort of like modern day storytellers. And yeah, our elders, you know, they yeah. they told oral stories, so you know they can they they captivated their audience, their their community. So that's the same energy when you see Defy on stage and MCs. Mm -hmm. that, that the the duty of an MC is to to master a ceremonies to move the crowd. So the very parallels between you know indigenous culture and hip hop culture. So it just made sense for us to be able to you know continue our story using a platform such as hip hop culture, but also uh, contributing in our way through our indigenous culture. Wow. I mean, it makes so much sense when you say it that way. It's really fascinating. Well, I want to, I want to talk to H3. Now you guys kind of come from a different perspective, which is more like reggae and then bringing in your kind of Hawaiian Polynesian connection as well. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of us, uh, well, I've seen the band, um, we're Hawaiian, Samoan and Tongan. And we got our fellow Texan here who's a, he's an Islander now <laughs> after so many years playing with us, you know, so. The island of Texas. Yep. Yeah. The island of Texas, man. But, um, but yeah, island. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're based out of Anchorage, but uh, we all, you know, we all left our homes from the, the islands and moved up here. How did you get together in Anchorage? You kind of um, know each other growing up or how did, how did no, that No, we never met. We never met each other in Hawaii. Uh, we just moved up here. And then, you know, just playing music in the music scene. Um, Anchorage. In Anchorage. Yeah. 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 And now we just finally um, got together and been making music for a very long time. So, yeah, that's yeah. really, that's really great. I, I just, I was just looking at your Facebook page, man, you guys have been playing the festivals this year. Yeah. You've been hitting it. I saw some uh, nice weather in Palmer looked like you guys had. <laughs> yeah. Palmer's always nice. We just was there, uh, what, this, this past Saturday, last yeah, Saturday. So, very cool. um, yeah. 
I thought maybe I'd play a little bit of your stuff. We heard uh, we heard from uh, Defy there, and we might, I want to go back to another track of yours as well, Defy, from your uh, new album. Or maybe you can tell me you pick me pick one that's on Spotify or something. But um, I just was going to play this one. This is um, this is one that was just on your Facebook page, just playing it from uh, Juno Arts and Humanities, Clinket uh, Haida uh, Tribal Council. Uh, looks like one that just you just put up a couple of days ago. We'll play this. It sounds like it maybe is kind of maybe one that's a little bit more of a traditional Polynesian heritage music. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And and you guys, once you hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Let's we'll play this here and uh, just to give people at home a, a sense of what uh, they can hear from uh, H3. <laughs> listening to there tell me about that that uh, track so it's actually a fijian song um it's called chant of the islands and it was made popular by uh, um uh one of our uh artists that we look up to for a very long time his name is fiji so it, it's entitled chant of the islands and we we're rehearsing one day and the keyboard player just played the key in b and like oh yeah, well, let's sing this song. So that's cool. That's what. Yeah, it just it just happened. So and we got it recorded. So we were talking just while we were listening to that. We were talking a little bit about the pandemic times, the dark times, the before times. But uh, kind of like we all had our strategies for survival and for staying in touch with people. But you took on your group and H three took on the idea of uh, making sure that you did a live broadcast every week. Is that do I have that right? Yeah, we did a few broadcasts with H3, but I also did like the solo stuff mm-hmm. um, myself. But um, we did a few things during the pandemic in Anchorage, um, just uh, doing stuff for people to, you know, watch online. Just kind of live streamed it? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 I did it solo stuff too. Um, I would like do uh, every Saturday. Yeah. And a lot of people from all over would actually tune in i was shocked so what kind of with h3 like give me an idea of your kind of typical set list you're doing some kind of like covers and stuff like that but also your own stuff and then also some of this traditional really cool traditional I'll let this guy talk okay yeah one, huh? <laughs> yeah tell me about he's got to talk a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> the big island of texas oh no i, I love playing in this band we, we you know they've got a big country influence as well you know 
which is kind of my background. That's what I grew up. That's the first music I remember listening to. Mm-hmm. Is country music. My dad would sing in the truck on the way home. You know, that's my earliest memories of playing. And um, but I, I I'll play anything pretty yeah. much except heavy metal. <laughs> You know, <laughs> if I can, you know, uh, I had the the pleasure of uh, playing with uh, Bumimo for a little while. Um, that was a real challenge, you know. <laughs> Two thirds of it isn't in English, yeah, you know, yeah, and you're right. trying to make out the phrasing of because it's a different language and you're trying to make sense of like, you know, it's different than country. Country's like, well, you know, the truck just broke down, so we're probably gonna, we're probably going to go to the chorus pretty soon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of gauge what's going on. But when not, when two thirds of the show is not in English, you know, I'm trying yeah. to figure out what is right. going on, yeah, and yeah. you pick out little, you know, it's it's um. That's an interesting thing to think about that as a musician. You're 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 yeah. responding to what's happening in lyrics. You're responding to what's happening in the song, and so yeah, and being able a, to figure that out as you go along. You know? Yeah, and there's a cadence and a flow, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of stuff is in odd meter. A lot of stuff is in five four, and goes in and out of five four yeah. seven four. Yeah, wow. I mean, you can get it's, you can get <laughs> all kinds of crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and trying to keep track of that when you don't understand the words, because if you if you follow a storyline, it's much easier to follow us exactly yeah you know what I mean? right so but it sounds like you guys uh the the, the people want reggae out of you sounds yeah. like right i mean it's kind of like that yeah. feels yeah. like that's the well that's we we the... turn a lot of stuff into reggae including our original songs oh, okay so, um and that's what people like you know the people dance people are happy i mean that's what we we provide for alaska pretty much and you know just seeing happy people at all these festivals and you know doesn't matter what race you come from, everybody's just happy. And that's what we like seeing. And, you know, we, we love sharing our, uh, you know, our culture, our Polynesian culture, all the islands, you know, and with the people of Alaska. And um, there's a lot of Polynesians up there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Real connection. Yeah. Real yeah. connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Defy, I want to play another track of yours as well. What do you, I've got one I was looking at was uh, Not Like Me. Does that sound like a good one to play or what? what would you like? Uh, could we play Talking to Photos featuring yeah, Ariano? Absolutely. Coming up. Talking okay. to Photos. This is um, from your from Blue Hour, which just dropped uh, last month, you said. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, this Thank is you. more of Defy. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more to Defy right after this. We listen to this music from uh, his brand new album. He's playing tomorrow night. No, tonight. 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 You're playing tonight. Yeah, 10 p.m. tonight. Yes. You're yes. at the Centennial Hall, 10 p.m. tonight. And then H3, you're tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. At uh, at the EPA uh, EPH uh, Elizabeth Pratchovich Hall, um, so uh, here it is. A little bit of talking to photos. I pray to photos just to keep your memory safe. I scream at angels just to see if they know your name. I swear to God, if there's a God, then promise me I'ma see your face when I leave this place. I swear to God, if there's a God, then promise me I'ma see your face when I leave this place. Yeah, purified, holy, tears will dry slowly. 
Clear the sky, spirits rise, I hear you cry, homie And it's okay to let it go on separate roads No regrets forever flow, I never left you though Together, yes, I recollect my energy You resurrect your second breath, I'm proud of you And how you rap New Mexico is F.O.F. Those memories I treasure most, closely by your side You showed the way you got your own day in the 505 I pray to photos just to keep your memory safe I scream at angels just to see if they know your name I swear to God if there's a God to promise me I'ma see your face when I leave this place I swear to God if there's a God to promise me I'ma see your face when I leave this place Yeah, pushing all the pain away I meditate and pray today I say your name in love and love is what your name will say Remember what I said and felt, something never said before Whatever's left unsaid and left unread, I let it go Rebuilding all my armor while I'm healing through the trauma Shielded by the forest fields, yielded by the farmers You know no pain, rolling trains over where I wrote your name Below the range, your album cover is my photo frame I picture you, then picture us. It's picture perfect. Scribble verses in the current, ripples through the circuit. I feel I had to lay low like that bass tone. I can see your face in outer space. Give us grace upon our way home. I pray to photos just to keep your memory safe. I scream at angels just to see if they know your name. I swear to God, if there's a God to promise me, I'ma see your face. I pray to photos just to keep your memory safe. All right, man, that's Defy, and um, that's off the new album, Blue Hour. Just came out. Beautiful. Thanks. Beautiful song. Uh, I was really struck in that song by how um, how sort of uh, spare the instrumentation was. Yeah. Nothing but just piano, a little bit of drum beat. Uh, tell me about your kind of choices there in that one. I used to produce my own beats all the time, but that beat is produced by Ariano. And I think I just have like a special way of like, selecting certain beats and stuff and just building friendships, relationships uh, throughout the time to create these songs versus like nowadays, a lot of rappers sometimes tend to go online and just download a beat on YouTube. And it's kind of like a different era versus like, I think we came up from a time where we had to build almost just from just a time where you had to from scratch almost. I don't know how to describe it, but the building with brothers like Creation and H3, every all the artists here, they're all amazing. So I'm really excited just to be on the lineup. But like looking at the creative process, I think like my my, my big homie Smoke M2D6 from Old Dominion Crew and Ariano are, are my main two that I go to to work with on beats and DJ Noble. I have like a lot of projects in the works. So I, but, I was going to ask about that. Your what's so kind of um, this is your latest album of how many? Yeah. Uh, man, like probably like 13 albums yeah. now. I've been in the game for a while. Yeah, but, uh, I was going to ask just about kind of your evolution through the years. How do you, where do you think you are right now? Where do you, when you listen to your old stuff, what yeah. do you, what do you think of it? Uh, I think like the new generation really inspired a lot of us MCs who came up battling at the time in ways where it's like today, like they really talk about vibes and it has to have a vibe. Back in the day, it was like 
it was more raw energy, raw talent. And like nowadays you kind of have to sound sonically on point to really appeal to a younger audience, if you would say, versus like generation might not to like sound dated, but alternative hip hop is like a different like outlet back then, especially for lyricism. We just appreciated seeing it like from the words on the paper and like hearing an MC actually say the words was a, was a plus. But now you have to kind of be a little bit more on top of the beat, sounding in key, enunciation, things like that. The evolution of songwriting has definitely taken me further than I expected. But it's all just stemmed from the love of hip hop, too, and connecting with producers, not forgetting the, the other elements involved, not just letting it be about rap alone was like what also really helped me connect and make these connections with these producers like Smoke. Ariano, Creation, Noble. So shout out to them. Yeah, Creation. I wanted to ask you. Um, you've got an interesting perspective. You've got you're Canadian. You um, uh, kind of have different cultures. Even with even in your own handle, you acknowledge your different cultures. You have when when you uh, hear different uh, like I, I was just kind of wondering like let's say southwestern uh, hip hop. Does that have a certain sound to it? Like when you hear Defy, do you with your ear and your kind of discerning ear, can you sort of pick out regional things or even tribal uh, influences? Is that something for people to kind of listen to and kind oh, of get a deeper understanding of? Yeah, I mean, there's always a lineage for sure. Like you could hear that from where you're from and who you're who you're influenced by. Um, but to go back, I am from Canada, but I don't definitely. I mean, it's no diss, but I'm not. I don't identify as Canadian because I'm Nahiao from Treaty Six. First Nations, so, um, but yeah, I just like to to put that out there. But um, yeah, just working with my brother here, um, and just how the process of that, like any artist I've worked with or what I like listening to, you could hear that, you know, like you really you could really hear that uh, the the lineage and where where you're where like the people you learn from, you know, your mentors. But uh, yeah, there's different sounds. There's different even. But now I think, you know, with the evolution of hip hop, though, too, uh, artists are, are able to grab, you know, different sounds from different directions, though, too. Like how, how we represent with uh, with XFRX is it's all about uh, native small directions. So like, the, like working with uh, hearing like brother, like the artists from H3, um, the rest of the artists, you could hear that from different from the whole lineup. You could hear these different lineages or their influence or what the sound they do. I really dig that because, you know, mm -hmm. that's the gathering of, of, of indigenous people and how we could share stories and our influences and our inspirations. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, you, th you think about that in terms of kind of just the artistic world, music world in general, the connected, the connectivity we have today, of course, we can hear anything from any place in the world, you know, just with a click. Um, but it also does seem like events like this are really influential. You've already mentioned a few of them. Um, tell me a little bit about um, just that. Like when you go to these events, what what is it that you're you're going to go to perform? But what other things are you looking to have happen at these events, or what are you look forward to about these events? Um, and there's not a lot of events like this. I mean, this thing's unique. It's mm -hmm. amazing. And it, we're so excited. It's happening here in Juneau, Alaska, yeah, of all this, places. Yeah, but, yeah. the same energy from where I'm from, my community, like Edmonton, Alberta, Amiskwichi, uh, Wiskigan. Um, we're kind of in the middle. We're in the plains. So usually like like the West Coast or East Coast gets the bigger shows. So I know the energy. We're not as isolated, but definitely like I come from uh, um, 
good fish like First Nations. So we're an isolated community in the middle of the plains. So it's not like we would get a lot of, you know, big shows like this. So I know where, where you're coming from. But um, yeah, I think it's it's important though too, very important so that people could share their stories and culture and languages, you know, food for sure too. I love food. Um, but uh, um, I think, yeah, just the, the interaction and, and the 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 experiences or the trading of stories or influence is what I really look forward to. Even just hearing, you know, sounds from the territory, you know, itself, like hearing other artists, like from local and to see who's, you know, really pushing and striving and, and, and wanting to like, you know, follow their passion for whatever art form they do or whatever sound that they do. Yeah. I think it really connects to, you know, our cultural, our, 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 our heritage when it comes to dance, to, to music, to language, you know, to ceremony, you know. So I think it's really, yeah, it's really important for for events like these and and how we can come together. Like uh, I knew I was coming with with the guys, and uh, I learned later that Defy was on on the bill too. And then seeing the rest of the bill and hearing, you know, the sounds of H three, I'm really excited to see oh, more yeah. more of the shows and it's impressive. It's an impressive lineup. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. It really the is, organizers yeah. have put this together. Yeah. Incredible. Um, H3, uh, you guys are part of the uh, Alaska, especially maybe in South Central, maybe more music scene, but kind of get around Alaska. Have you seen a growth in what's happening in the music scene in Alaska in your time here? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different music coming out, <clears throat> South Central, um, you know, and like this weekend is going to be an amazing lineup with, uh, you know, artists and um there's one going on in like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, so. I know. Right. <laughs> guys, yeah, we wanted to check out. Okay, so okay, I, I okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know, my fault. No, no. <laughs> is that I Sing You Dance no. coming up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I Sing You Dance is yeah. happening at 4.30. That's happening yeah. over at Elizabeth oh, we got time, Hall. So you got, you got a little got time. time. I won't keep you from that. I thought it was like 4.10 <laughs> or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the lineup happening tonight is uh, incredible, both Elizabeth Pratchvich Hall, also Centennial Hall, and then also at the Jack Lounge, which is the Jack. So there's these three great venues happening all the time. You can kind of pick and choose. You can wander around. And uh, and that's all available, by the way. You can check all this out at awkrockfest.com. That's where you can get all that. And that's awk, A-A-K-W, rockfest.com. And that's where you can find out about the lineup. That's where you can get the tickets. That's where you can figure out the way you strategy for how you're going to get to which thing at which time, which is so much. That's kind of a fun part of any festival, figuring out what you're going to watch at which time. Um, do you defy? I was going to ask you, are you you have the opportunity to play other festivals and which ones are sort of the ones that you kind of are your peak festivals you try to get to every year? You know, this is a, an amazing festival. I got to say that first, just like Creation said, this is a unique experience to be able to be a part of. Uh, I've also been, yes, traveling quite frequently throughout my recent months, I'd say, and been to quite a bit of festivals. Uh, one I like to go to down south is South by Southwest. I know it started as an independent fest and it's kind of grown a lot, but uh, I really Austin, enjoy that Texas too. There, There's still yeah. a lot of good connections there. I think next year we might be trying to build and collaborate possibly to build an indigenous house so we can all come and unite, celebrate. That makes so much sense. Partake. Because yeah. there's there's houses for everyone else. But I'm like, yo, we need an indigenous house now. We need a native house to go to. Our house first. And, um, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I actually put on a fest too myself and at the gathering of MCs. So that's uh, it always happens. And especially during the round Santa 
Santa Fe Indian. Yeah, that market. was that. That was we heard that yeah. uh, the inter, uh, Gathering MCs Intertribal. That was that yeah. track. Tell me about Gathering of MCs. What what is that? How did that start? And oh, I think it started about eleven years ago. So it was my good friend Speed One. He let us in. He was one of the first uh, artists who actually gave us an opportunity and let us kind of step into the bar venues at the time. This is before we were even 21. We had to sign waivers just to get down. We were those two kids, Wake Self and I, outside of the venue, just trying to play, trying to get a chance to rap, whether it be open mics. But when we finally got a chance to get into the bars, Speed One let us in and he helped coin uh, coin the name Gathering of MCs because at that same exact time, there's this huge gathering that happens too. It's called a gathering of, you know, uh, but the gathering of MCs was what we're really talking about here. But yeah, but gathering of MCs last weekend of April, it really grew over years and now it's, it's pretty huge. So it's, um, MCs coming in from all across Turtle Island. It also brings me to the point where the question you were asking earlier, like, what do you look for? What do you to, to get out of some of these festivals or unique gatherings like this here, Ock Rock? And one is like, I think, is a lifelong collaborations and friendships because I think a lot of times the songs you're hearing now are too sparked from these festivals that we gather at. We become friends and then next thing you know, we're working together on music. We tour together, grow together and just live together. This is our lives. So we're really like thankful that hip hop music is is bringing us together in such a way too. Thanks to all the sponsors, the organizers and coordinators, the whole Ock Rock crew. Thanks to you too, man. Yeah, man. Well, okay. thank you. And that's a great way to end the interview. Thanks so much to Phi. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks to H3. Really appreciate it. And uh, Creation, thanks so much to for everyone coming in. The uh, Ock Rock Festival is happening right now, and the lineup's amazing. And uh, the place to go to find out about it is ockrockfest.com, A-A-K-W, rockfest.com. That's the place to go for it. All right, we're going to hear a little bit more of this music from Defy as we head out. My eye breeze through the seasons and seven seas. I live 